0: Welcome to the Marketing Retro Podcast, where Adrian and Josh talk about random marketing topics that are in their brains. How are you doing, Adrian? What do you have today?
1: I'm very well, Josh. How are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm doing all right. I'm having a good day. Good.
1: Good. Well, I I have a question because today we want to talk about imposter syndrome in marketers. And I mean, if you're anywhere on social media, you know it's pretty rampant. People talk about it quite often. But I wonder, why is it so prevalent? And especially in marketers, why do marketers have such a strong sense of imposter syndrome? And I'm curious what your thoughts are.
0: I can go in a lot of different directions. But the one I would first start with, which I think it's very hard to measure a marketer, right? Like Hmm. engineering and other areas, like there's a very deterministic output, like there's your code. Everyone can read your code. It's going to compile. This product's going to work. This isn't. It's a little more. I'm not saying like art versus science, but it's very deterministic and, and very easy to see what exactly something is. Where mm-hmm. a lot of marketing work can be very like subjective, right? Like uh, you don't know. If it's going to work, you're running experiments, you're writing copy, it might resonate for a certain person, it might not for another, someone likes that image, someone likes that social media post, uh, certain types of people like it, other people retweet it, other people like, kind of uh, call you that out for a clickbait or whatever. So I think it's hard because they're getting it from all angles, and there's no definitive like... Like this, this is very black or white. What do you think Mm -hmm. about
1: that? Yeah, absolutely. Especially because the metrics that marketers do use and can actually measure is always based upon other people's likes or dislikes, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you create a blog post and I like it because I'm in your audience, then it did well. But if you, if I don't like it and because I'm in your audience, then it didn't do well. And that's even in that, like the people who are judging you, the way that we can measure our success is, um, you know, it, it, and it also is really reliant on individual taste. You're relying on the tastes of your group or your audience. Um, and that changes. That's variable. Um, so yeah, definitely challenging to, to be measured and to be seen as successful. Um, and, you know, and that's within the job of being a marketer. Um, but I also think like the idea of getting other people's attention, like the whole focus and the whole point of being a marketer is you are after someone else's attention. You want to capture that attention. So if your whole goal, if you spend your whole day focused on thinking about other people's attention, how do I get their attention? How can I get more eyeballs on this? Um, then you kind of. Think that you have everybody's attention more than you do, right? Like, even if twelve thousand people like your tweet, or you know, twenty thousand people downloaded your white paper, you're like, "That's really good. We did great." And so you feel like those twenty thousand people, you were the center of their day, right? Because that that measurement was really important to you, getting that many people's eyes, all of that. Um, But. We're, we're not as in people's minds as we think we are, right? Like we're we are not the focus of other people. Um, And for me, at least I know when I start to feel imposter syndrome, most of it is because I feel like I have a lot more of people's attention than I probably do. And I'm thinking about what they're thinking about essentially. Like it, it's a matter of, am I doing a good job? Are people, is this resonating? That kind of a thing.
0: Right. So does that, is the feeling that creates based off of like that gap, right? Like where you're like, on one hand, I'm just Adrian, or I'm just Josh sitting behind my computer, jamming on the keyboard, writing some stuff, or swiping some things on my phone. And it's like, it's very, uh, yeah, it's it's very just in your head. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's 20,000 people saw this or a hundred thousand people that saw this or 50,000 people in a certain space, or Hey, it got liked by someone that was super interesting that had a ton more followers. And all of a sudden you kind of like shrink into your shell a bit and you're just like, wait, it's like, should I be in that? Right. And that's where that imposter is. Is it because of that big, that jumping of a gap and you start to just question your own, like, like, should I be in this? Was this a mistake type of thing? Is that, Is that kind of, what do you think it pulls on or?
1: I don't know. Cause when I get those kinds of eyeballs, I don't shrink. I get excited. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. that, that made it. What happens though, is if you get those kinds of eyeballs one time and then the next time you don't, that's Mm. when it's like, well, why, why not this time? What was wrong with this one? Why did that one do so well? And this one didn't. Maybe I don't actually know what I'm doing. Maybe that was a fluke. Maybe. So it's like, because you are at the whims of people's attention. Right. It's challenging to really say, here's a formula for success. Here, A plus one, you know, is going to equal one A all the time. Like, you just don't really know. You're always kind of creating and putting things out there um, without absolutely knowing how it's going to perform. It's always a risk.
0: I got you. So later on, it's not that first one is kind of like, well, yeah, of course. Like I put all this hard work into it. I put a ton of thought to make sure this resonated and that this was a good topic. This was really something to say. And then you do the same process and you put that same amount of what you view, same amount of work, same amount of energy and effort. You put it out there and it's crickets. And then you do another one and it's crickets. And now you're like, wait, was that first one a fluke? Or now it's those it's those after bumpier arose when you don't get the hit and you don't those that you start to question, did I just get lucky? And that's what probably yeah. the imposter system starts to creep in, right? Like, yes, that was your intent to do that and it succeeded. But then once you do the things after and you're like, was I the one hit wonder? Like, am I, you know, am I the, uh, I don't know, what's a one hit wonder song off the top of your head? <laughs> Uh, the
1: wonders, the one that they did—I don't know—that one saw it, the Tom Hanks movie from the nineties. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a little divergent path there. Um, one, one question I have for you too is—you know—you were talking about earlier when you said, you know, you're doing, you're doing this work and you're doing it for an audience, um, but especially within marketers, like you and me, we don't have someone above us at this point in time. Yeah. We don't really report anyone. But of marketers, you know, I'm assuming like whoever they report to, whether it's an executive or a manager or someone else that's critiquing their work, like how much of that factors in? Because it's, it's you know, we're talking about us just going out into the wild and putting stuff out there on Twitter, yeah. LinkedIn, the internet. But for the people that, you know, work for a brand uh, and they are uh, basically like, at the at the mercy of their boss's taste, because you mentioned taste is such a big thing, or the CEO that goes, I don't like that, regardless of like, how much work they did, and whatever, how much of that kind of, like, pings into the imposter syndrome?
1: Oh, I think a ton. And I've worked with clients where, um, you know, this is kind of the issue. So my what I would do is I want to make sure that we're creating things that resonates with our audience. So like all of the KPIs that we create or that we we establish should be there because we know this is something, this is the way our clients, this is the way the customers behave. So they share a lot of content. Well, then we would want a KPI to be, how many times did this piece get shared? Um, Maybe they don't interact, they don't like, they don't engage, but they'll copy link or whatever. Everybody, all of different audiences have different ways of engaging with content. So you got to know that first. Um, But I had a client one time where, They thought they were funny. They thought they were really funny and they were telling jokes online. That was like the main strategy that they wanted to follow. And it it fell flat every single time. I didn't get it either. I was like, I mean, but I don't care what my like humor is. But if the customers aren't engaging, aren't thinking it's funny, aren't laughing with us, aren't liking it, aren't sharing it, aren't reaching then it's not doing its job. It's not funny to them. And basically it was like, well, you don't you just don't know what funny is because we've been, you know, we were on the comedi like, I don't know, it was basically they threw Harvard at me. Like they he was on a group, a funny class in Harvard. <laughs> I don't remember the name of it anymore. Um, and I was like, Okay, well, you know, that's fine. But if our customers, if the people of our audience doesn't think it's funny, then it's just not fun. like there's nothing we can do about it if it's not resonating. Um, And so you're definitely at the whim of the people who decide what is and what isn't and where things should go. Um, You know, and gosh, if you are just like an in-house marketer working with somebody who has completely different tastes or values or a vision than you do, that's going to be hard too. Like that will definitely create some potential for imposter syndrome. I don't know if there's Anyway, and I'll ask you, Josh, do you think that imposter syndrome is a part of like just the human condition or are there people who are more prone to it than others?
0: Um, I think there's definitely people that are more prone to it than others. Um, I think it, it's sort of on a, like a spectrum, so to speak, like where there's people that are just predisposed to have more doubt and questions. I mean, yeah. it's it's often easy to see like where I don't know, like my, my daughter's a good in, like a uh, case of it. Cause like, I can see it in her, right. Where she just has this anxiety and this hesitation to put herself out there, but she's, you know, she's great. And it's not just her dad saying it, but probably, yeah. <laughs> but, but <laughs> no. you know, doing the things that she wants to do like softball and all these things. And, but you just see, it, it takes her more to like climb that hill, but, my wife and I were talking about it, but what we love about her, uh, a flip side of her personality is she doesn't let that stuff stop her from doing the things. So it's like mm. she might have a ton of anxiety and doubt and all these things, but she still has a drive enough that she wants to do the things, which is good. So, yeah. um, but there are, I think a lot of people have different dispositions for it.
1: Absolutely. And that, but that leads us to the second part of the question is how can marketers overcome their imposter syndrome. I saw uh, somebody talk about it and they weren't talking about imposter syndrome, but do it, but do it scared. Like if Mm -hmm. you have to do something and you don't want to do it and you're afraid of what all of these people are going to think, because really that's all it is, is fear and anxiety about other people's thoughts, which you are once again, assuming of your own self, like you don't actually know what other people are thinking. Um, You just do it, but you have to go ahead and do it scared. Like why not do it scared?
0: Right. Right, no, I think that's good. I think like what for people to jump over the hurdle for me it's about the reps, I feel like they just gotta go do reps because those are the things that we talked about hey, you got that hit, then you had two flops, but you got to keep doing the reps to get like get that bird's eye view of really look at the whole picture now, if you mm-hmm. keep having flops and maybe that was it doesn't mean you're necessarily wrong, but maybe go back and look what you did right or or re-examine how you're doing things. Maybe it does need a little bit of like, maybe I need a coach. Maybe I'm not seeing things. Maybe I'm getting someone else to lean in to help me and give it, like, I have to, you know, put my ego aside for a minute and let someone give me the hard critiques. And I know that's hard to do. Um, but those reps, I think that's what breeds confidence. That's what gets you honing your practice, uh, you know, getting more fine-tuned. Um, and in addition to that, like that, like it I think it'll get you out of that typical echo chamber types of things, mm. right? Like where you're in your own head and you see everyone sees you doing the things. But if you just kind of lose that a bit and get get out there and you know, we've said on other episodes when you're when you're uh what is it, repeating yourself or like no one else is really listening. So it's like you can keep trying that same one. Um and maybe just to to refine it and realize no one's gonna be like. No one's looking at you enough to go, didn't she just try that already? Like, what's the big deal? Um, Type of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's part of it. Because we work in in an environment where having people's attention is everything, we assume we have everyone's attention all the time. And that means like being the center, they're like their full thought, they're going to remember. And I mean, I know logically we know it's not true. Like I can sit here with my logic brain and go, that's not accurate. We know that's not true. But that primal, that lizard brain, right? Like that lizard brain doesn't know. That lizard brain really does think that it's the center of the world. And, And that's the one where, I think that's where imposter syndrome sits. When you are just anxious about what you're doing and like everybody else's opinions around you. And I think reminding yourself that people are not paying as close of attention, like as close as attention to you as you think they are, that'll be a good way to kind of bring you out of that imposter syndrome spot.
0: Right, right. No, I, I think that's a good point. Like, yeah, just getting getting yourself out of that is it's is tough. And you know, you're saying like people aren't listening, but maybe if people are and they are giving you bad critiques, or we talked about the boss <laughs> type of mm-hmm. thing, or you are getting, I would say, uh crap for your work or whatever, or people that are making you feel bad about it, you know, look for those and make sure you remove those, you know. So like if you're in a marketing position where you feel like your work is always getting critiqued and never looking at the positives. And basically you walk away always feeling worse. Right. Like because mm. maybe there's honest critiques, but if it has a negative pull on you and actually, like, increases your imposter syndrome, like, maybe you should look to try something else or find a new boss, find a new job, that type of thing, because it's one thing to have it, and it's another thing to encourage and perpetuate it versus, like, building yourself out of it. So try to look for those negative things that are pulling you more towards imposter syndrome versus and giving you more doubt, you know, uh, versus... The, the reps you're going to have to do yourself to get yourself out of it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean that having poor leadership that is perpetuating a state of imposter syndrome and doesn't do a good job of saying, okay, here's how we can improve. Here's what you're doing really, really well. Here's what you're not. Like if you're in that situation, that only leads to burnout and all kinds of other things. So um, I think maybe imposter syndrome can be a good pink flag to say like it's a good kind of signal to yourself like okay what where am i sitting right now where things are not going in the right direction and what do i have control of and what is outside of me um you know you have control of your own mindset and your own um the framework and the point of view in which you see the world but you don't necessarily have control over how your boss gives critiques and feedback so yeah that's a good point josh for sure
0: cool um, yeah, do you have any other insights on imposter syndrome for marketers at this time?
1: I think it's just rampant and it's so challenging and you know, I think if you find yourself where you're constantly in it, if you're constantly feeling like you're an imposter, um like we said, check, check and see are you are you maybe hitting above your the plate, you know, like above your skill mm-hmm. set? Maybe do you need to pop down a bit? Do you need to kind of surround yourself with different people? Um, But listen to it. Either way, whatever the case may be, listen to the imposter syndrome and then try to adjust and make changes in your life. Because like we said, it can definitely turn into burnout and like serious mental health concerns. So I wouldn't take it lightly if it's something that's constantly in your life. If it's something Mm -hmm. that's like, oh, oh gosh, can I do this? Like you feel it a little bit. Okay. But if it's something you feel constantly, I would definitely take a look at the things inside you and the things around you and see what you can change.
0: No, I like that. Um, I like actually what you said about the, the, the listening part, because there's also like, if you take a step back, there's probably good evidence out there if you get out of your own head too. it's like, Oh, yeah, I did get like I did get compliments from these random people or I did get, you know, it did, the campaign did perform uh, better. I am making improvements and, you know, getting out of your own head to look at the encouraging signs. Cause there's definitely people, like we said, it's on a spectrum. I feel like everyone has some of it. And if you don't, you're probably either. (laughs) I, I would best, I would guess that it's conditional, right? Like it's conditional when a certain subject matter, like, that same yeah. person that might not have any imposter syndrome about doing, you know, a certain type of task or a certain type of uh, skill set. That same person, you put them into another one and you throw them out there, and then it's like, oh yeah, like it's it's there. It just might be smaller or or whatnot. So, um, but yeah, listen to the positives out there, the good signals, the reviews. The step back and you've had hundreds of customers that have been super happy with your work or you know, the reviews of the product or or all kinds of other evidence that comes out from external sources to reinforce your that you're doing good work. So
1: Yeah, absolutely. Very important.
0: Cool. All right. Well thanks, Adrian.
1: Thank you, Josh. Talk to you later. Bye.